All right. Good morning. I am back on two feet, so to speak. Uh, I had surgery a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I've been hobbling around for a couple of weeks, uh, keeping pressure and weight off my right foot. And uh, I went back to the doctor, and they said that I can now uh, put pressure on it as of Friday. So I am walking around. It is incredibly painful, but that's okay. I don't mind. Um, it's part of my rehabilitation, so I will be good. Um, just uh, just pray that I can uh, continue to stand for a little bit longer to get my way through this message. So um, we are going to continue in our series on in, in the Book of Romans. Um, and we got a very cool background there that was put together by uh, one of our partners, Marley Hedgepath. She put that background together for us, so thank you, Marley, for doing that. We're going to continue today in, in, in Romans chapter 2. Um, I know that we took a break last week, and we didn't talk about Romans last week, but the week before that, uh, Jameson was talking to you about what happens, and, and, and I want you to understand that there's a sense in which we're talking about the reality of what happens right now, and the reality of, of God releasing us and, and taking his hand off if we choose to go our own way and go our own path and, and choose to pursue a reprobate mind that, that we, God just kind of removes his hand from us. And that's a picture of what happens to nations as it goes through history. Sometimes there are times when nations, God just simply removes his hand, removes his covering, and, and they, they just fall apart. When they go on their own way, they're doing their own thing. Uh, you can see the progression of society, how it starts to roll downhill and things get just out of whack and, and they start to dive into to sexual perversion and all kinds of stuff. And that's what Paul is talking about in Romans chapter 1. And Jameson talked to you about that. But there's also a sense in which if, you, if this happens and this continual pattern happens in your life and, 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 and there's ultimate judgment that will come at the end of your life one day when, when God comes back and, and, and he calls his church back and everybody will be judged, right? And, and there's this book of life where your name, if it's not found in there, then you're condemned to the eternal lake of fire, right? So, so there's this picture of right now as well as what is to come, and we kind of cover both of these a little bit in chapter 2. At the beginning of chapter 2, we're going to dig into a little bit of both of these. But, but two weeks ago, when Jameson was talking about this, he was talking about how, how man, society can, and nations can roll over into this possession, uh, place uh, of just being perverted, and, and, and their sexual conduct is a reflection of that, and how they just continue to roll downhill, and it gets progressively worse. It talks about homosexuality, and beyond that, it talks about just being turned over to a reprobate mind, and just everything being out of whack. You have no sense of what is good and what is not. You're just following your own whim, and at that point, God has, has released his hand, his covering from you, to let you go your own way. Now, this is the picture I have in my mind when I think about this and God kind of releasing you to do your own thing. This is what I picture. You remember the old school, like, um, you know, the, 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 the divers, they go underwater, you know, and they ha used to have the big brass-looking helmets on, you know what I mean? They had that tube that went up to the surface, and that's how they got their air. Back before the days when they had the little tank on their back and all that cool stuff, I'm talking about the, like the old school, you know what I mean, where it looked like they were in a prison cell with a little thing in front of their eyes, you know what I'm talking about? So... I picture that, like somebody underwater, and they're talking to God, and, and they're like swimming around, and they're checking out their own stuff, and they, they, they say, man, this is what I want to dive into. This is what I want to be a part of. Let me go over here. Let me do this. And, and, and God, at the same time, going, that's dangerous. You don't need to go there. You don't need to do that. It's going to be destructive to you if you go there, if you do that. It's, it's, going, to be, it's going to be bad. Don't do that. And you say, well, I don't care what you have to say, God. I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to do my own things. I'm going to delve off into these things that I know that you've said are dangerous for me, but I'm going to do it anyway. And God says, fine, I'm going to let you do that. I'm not going to make you do anything. 
I'm going to let you choose the way that you want to go. And God says, I'm going to release you. So what does he do? He disconnects the oxygen. He says, go your own way. Survive if you want to. You said you wanted to go your own way. I've been the one providing you the oxygen the whole time so that you could breathe and you could move and you could get around. I wonder how long you're going to last on your own. And we know what's going to happen in that situation, right? We know what happens when we're in a deep, dark world separated from the connection to God. We suffocate, right? Uh, We don't have the air to breathe on our own. God's the one that gives us the air to breathe on our own. And we die. We die disconnected from God. And that's just the image that that God had kind of put in my mind as I was thinking about this. You know, when God just says, okay, it's your choice. That's what you want to do? Go your own way. You're doing it apart from me, and he lets you go. And you can just hear, man. So... So think about, James has told you a little bit about how the Romans were very vile and awful people and, and the emperor there would, would like set, set uh, Christians on fire, like dip them in wax and then, and then like light them on fire and he would illuminate his gardens at night by, by Christians that were on fire and the screams and all this kind of stuff and it was a terrible, awful thing. And the Romans, they really worshipped all these false idols and false gods and all this kind of stuff and they were really... Uh, in a bad place. They were really, in a lot of ways, just bad people. Conducted, conducted all kinds of sexual immorality and just whatever, whatever they wanted, that's what they pursued. And, and the Romans were just this, these rough people, you know? And, and, and what happens, we, I'm going to back up a little bit. Before we hit Romans chapter 2, I'm going to back up a little bit to, um, to what Paul says at the end of Romans chapter 1. He says, That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against their natural way to have sex, instead indulging in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of sin, they suffered within themselves and the penalty they desired, they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their, their, their foolish thinking and let them do their own things that should never be done. And he goes on to say that that this is what has happened. And and I can imagine if you're a Christian in the Roman environment in that day, you would have been like, man, yes. We have this temptation in our mind to go, God, get them. You know what I mean? Like, they're awful people. Sick them. You know what I mean? Like, we have that kind of mentality about us, right? Like, they're awful. They're going to get what they deserve. And see, our buddy Paul, he's just talking about where they're going to get what they deserve. That Man, they're going to be cut off from God, and they, they get what they deserve. And that, that's where it kind of lands at the end of chapter 1. And you can almost, and I've been a part of a church service where this happens before, where people will start condemning other people in their sin and almost applaud that, that, that man, they're going to get what they deserve. Let's look at what Paul has to say to us in Romans chapter 2. You may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad and you have no excuse. Uh oh. I thought we were just going to bash the sinner. I thought that that was the way that we wanted to go. Because I was all about that. Now you're starting to talk about me, Paul. That's not okay. I really wanted to talk about everybody else and what their problem was. And I wanted to applaud the fact that God was going to get them. He's gonna get, they're going to get what they deserve. But now you're talking about me. That's not okay. Look, I'll tell you something. This is me just being honest. I'm not saying I'm holier than thou, and I got it all together. I really don't. I, my life is crap in a lot of ways, if I'm perfectly honest. But 
The reality is, is that when Osama bin Laden, everybody was around when Osama bin Laden had been captured and killed, ultimately killed in his compound, I watched around the United States as people were applauding and cheering and going nuts. And man, I mean, there were, there were people waving flags and people crying because they were so excited about the fact that Osama bin Laden had been killed. And I know this is sensitive being that September the 11th was just, just passed. So people were excited about the fact that Osama bin Laden had, kill, had been killed. You know what immediately popped into my mind? And this is not because I'm some sort of righteous dude. This is just because this is what God put on my heart. That is a sinner that died apart from God. That is a, a, a person who did not believe in Jesus Christ, did not trust in him for his salvation, therefore he died apart from God. I don't know that that's a reason to celebrate. I understand that there is justice to be served. I get that, okay? And don't say I, I'm against capital punishment because I'm not. There's a penalty to be, to be paid for what you do on this earth, and sometimes that means you should be put to death, and I'm 100% okay with that. But I do not believe that that is a time for us to applaud somebody's death when they, we know full well they died apart from God. That is not okay. It's just not. It's just not. And I know this hits some people where they don't like it, and I get that, okay? I'm just telling you the truth. Because I think that, that Paul looked at his congregation, he was looking around at all the things that are going on in Rome and how, how awful these people were and how terrible their emperor was. They were going, yeah, they're going to get their stuff one day. And Paul looks at him and he says, you have got no excuse for condemning those people. You've got no excuse. In the history of Simple Church, we have had homosexuals come in here. We have had people of other religions come in here. We have had people who have been con convicted of and served time for inappropriate actions with children under age. They have been in this building before. You know why? It's because they need Jesus just as much as you and I need Jesus. That just when you think you've got it all together, then just when you think that you're better than somebody else, and, and you're, you're saying, man, I'm good now, you know what I mean? And you start to look down on them, that in itself is your sin against God by looking down upon them. It's so interesting to me how people will point fingers at this person and that person and this person and how they did that and how terrible they are. And then they get alone with one another. Church people I'm talking about get alone with one another and they start talking bad about the church. They start slandering the church, which we know is not a fruit of the Spirit. Or they'll start slandering the pastor. That happens too, right? And they're like, God, those terrible sinners. I can't believe they would do such a thing as sin against the holiness of God. The whole time they're speaking gossip and slander against the church and against the pastor. You think that's okay? Does that seem like that's all right? Do you know what we deserve as a result of our sin? Death. Instantaneous, complete death, separation from God forever. That's what we deserve. The second that we sin, we deserve instant death and being cut apart from God. No matter how small you may think that sin is. We're ready to condemn the, racist, the rapist and go, you know what? That's a person that deserves death. They deserve to be dead. Your slander and your, your talking the way you talk, 
It's just as bad. Just as bad. Any sin, no matter how big or how small, it's a sin against God. And because it's a sin against God, it is a sin, sin that deserves death instantaneously. So before you start condemning other people for their sins, you might want to check yourself a minute. You might want to pause for just a moment. Let's look what Paul has to say. You may think you condemn such people, but you are just as bad and you have no excuse. You say they are wicked and should be punished. You are condemning yourself for you, for, for you who judge others do these very same things. And we know that God in his justice will punish anyone who does such things. Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment when you do the same things? Don't you see how wonderful, wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Paul says, can't you see can't you see? What, what's the two words right here that jump out of us at the end of this passage? Kindness, right? God is kind and he is tolerant toward all of us. I think that so many times we forget that. I think we forget how tolerant God is with us in our sins. You see, Paul says, says here, he says, you know, I, I, love, I love the phrase, judge not lest you be judged, right? You know I love that one because Paul Washer says in response to that, twist not the scripture lest you be like Satan. You know what Paul is saying here? You know what Paul is saying here? He says, because you know what is right, because you have an understanding of what you should be doing, that almost makes you worse. These people have no, no understanding of God. God has implanted in their hearts a, a basic understanding of who he is, but these people have a deeper understanding of who he is, and yet they still continue to sin. And yet they think that's okay. He says, you know the difference, and you still do it. How bad is that? Doesn't that make it worse for us, right? We come in here and we know, we know what the sins are, right? We know the things we shouldn't do. We know, you know what separates us from God. We know what cuts us off from that air supply. We know what quelches the spirit. We know that, 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 that God's Holy Spirit can be quenched and, and all these things, and we know all these things. And yet, what do we want to do? We want to look at somebody else's sin and say, see how bad they are? The difference is we actually know. We know. God has given us a tremendous ability and capacity to understand the truth, and, and here we are. We still do it. Don't you see how kind God is? Don't you see how loving he is and how he holds back and waits, and, and he holds back his wrath and his anger, which is what we're going to talk about next? Don't you see his loving kindness? Matter of fact, it talks about this in, I believe it's Psalm 135. Everybody knows this Chris Tomlin song back in the early 2000s. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. 
Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Everybody knows that song. You sang it back, you know, some 20 years ago when it first came out. Speaking of his goodness, his enduring love. And here, we see Paul pointing out to everybody that God was kind towards your sin. So we should have a deeper understanding of our sin and we should have a deeper understanding of that kindness and that goodness that God has shown towards us. It should change us. It should change us. 